You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from beautiful Orlando, Florida. And today we've got a great interview with a friend of mine from the Houston area. Uh, Before we get into that, just want to say thank you again to all of our listeners. If you are streaming this on our website and you have not had a chance to subscribe, I want to highly encourage you, head over to whatever podcast app you've got, you know, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, whatever, and hit that subscribe button. When you are subscribed to the podcast, it delivers every episode directly to your device. That way you don't have to go search for it and, and find it. And then for all of the listeners that are already subscribed, thank you so much. In addition to that, if you could head over and leave a review on whatever platform you are using, particularly if you are an iTunes user, you've got an iPad or iPhone, please head over to the iTunes store, the podcast directory, and leave a five-star review. Let the world know how much you love this podcast. Those reviews are such a big deal and such an incredible help to us in in helping us reach more people and getting the podcast in front of more people. So if you could do that for me, that would be a really big deal. All right, let's get to today's content. I've got an interview with a friend of mine. He is a pastor in the Houston area. He is also the CEO and founder of a really cool, unique Christian book publisher. And uh, he'll tell you about that in their interview. Casey is a a brilliant man in a lot of ways. And he's got a really cool, unique uh, perspective on how we should view temptation whenever we are tempted to sin. And I really think his insights and wisdom will be really valuable to you. Casey also has a podcast himself called Gospel Matters. Definitely would be worth your time. Um, and he's an author, writer, blogger. So he's got some stuff that's you know been written online that you can find that would also be of value to you. He'll talk about that in the interview. So you're going to love this interview. It's going to be very insightful. It's going to challenge you. It's going to be great. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my interview with Casey Cease. We are here today with Casey Cease. He is the uh, lead pastor at Christ Community Church of Magnolia in the Houston region of Texas. He is also the uh, CEO of Lucid Books, a really cool publishing outfit that I will talk about at the end of the episode. Casey, thanks for joining us today. How are you feeling, man? Doing great, Kenny. It's great to be here with you. Love the podcast. Love what you're doing here. And to your listeners, uh, really proud of you guys as a brother in Christ, or maybe if you're just seeking the Lord, trying to figure out what's true, to take the time to listen to something like this. So I uh, hope to be able to help and briefly and provide some insight on an important theological issue. Sweet. Man, again, thanks uh, for, for joining. I'm really excited to have you. Um, uh, Casey and I met at the uh, at a pastor's conference uh, more than a year ago, and uh actually had him on a uh, on an episode of our other podcast, the Plant Better Podcast, and just really enjoyed it. Have thoroughly enjoyed Casey's uh, insights and thoughts and thought uh, you'd be a great for the podcast. And so, Casey, you've got a, a book that came out a while back called Tragedy of the Truth, and you've also got a podcast called Gospel Matters Podcast. Again, I'll talk about that a little bit at the end of the episode. Um, really excited about your podcast. I've got a chance to listen to uh, several episodes now, I think three episodes in full. And one of the episodes you talked about the idea of temptation 
being an invitation to worship, which I thought was a, a really unique idea and concept. So just take a few minutes, maybe unpack that for audience. Uh, what do you really mean when you talk about temptation being an invitation for worship? Thanks, Kenny. I, I believe that all of life is worship. The decisions we make, how we live, whether we eat or we work or we sleep or whatever we do, do it for the glory of God. And with that in mind, we have to understand that temptation in itself is not sin. I remember the first time I had a conversation with a young man who was struggling pretty profoundly, a young believer, and was trying to figure out some choices he's made in the past and, and some habits he had formed that he was trying to walk out of. And I I remember him just struggling. He was sitting on the couch of my house, talking with me, sharing me uh, with me how much he was struggling. And he told me, he's like, man, I, I just feel like a failure. I feel like I failed God. And I said, well, hold on. Did, have you acted on um, th that temptation? He said, well, no. And I said, well, I smiled and I, I looked at him and I said, well, praise God that you're being tempted. And he, he looked at me like I was crazy, dude. He was like, <laughs> why in the world? What, why would you say praise God? I'm really struggling here. I said, because you don't think rightly about temptation. Temptation is not sin. Temptation is an invitation to worship because you're either going to worship God by obeying him and his truth, or you're going to worship the enemy who's ultimately tempting us away from God. And so in that moment, as followers of Jesus with the Holy Spirit, we've been set free from sin and death, which makes us a slave to sin and been now made into slaves of righteousness. And as slaves of righteousness, we're then able to live in such a way that honors God. And so, you know, even an example of this would be Jesus himself, right? Jesus um, understands our temptation, but never sinned. And in, in Hebrews 4, it talks about that, that we, we don't have a high priest who doesn't understand, but we have a high priest who does understand our weakness. And although he was tempted in all ways, he didn't have sin. And then we see in, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus was tempted by the enemy, right? It's interesting to me, uh, Kenny, that immediately after Jesus' baptism, there wasn't like a special lunch and then a, a certificate from a pastor and a leather-bound Bible or a pleather Bible and then a party and celebrating how good he was for baptizing. What happened to Jesus after he was baptized says, in Matthew 4, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. The Spirit of God led him out immediately after identifying mm -hmm. with God, aligning with God, and let him out to be tempted, right? And although the Bible is clear that, that God himself does not tempt us, it is pretty clear here that the Spirit led him out to be tempted. And what we see when Jesus is fasting, and I love how Matthew is just Mr. Obvious. He says, Jesus was fasting for, you know, for 40 days and he was hungry, Right. And it's like, well, duh. OK, thanks, Matthew. Um, but but him being hungry out there, um, you know, I mean, because I, I always think about me, when am I more likely to give into sin? If I'm hungry, angry, lonely or tired. Right. The HALT acronym I think I got from Darren Patrick's book on marriage, uh, Dude's Guide to Marriage. But they talked about the HALT acronym, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Well, Jesus was hungry. Don't know if he was angry because you can be angry without sin. So maybe he was a little mad at being hungry. Who knows? Um, lonely. He was there alone. Um, and then Tired. Well, he didn't have food to energize his body. And so here Jesus is and what he used to uh, overcome temptation wasn't just the strength within. It was the outside spoken word of God. And every time we see Jesus tempted three times in Matthew four, he comes back articulating truth, specific verses from Deuteronomy. And so we see Satan, who knows the Bible very well, too, coming with lies distorting the scripture and Jesus having known his father's word, having been the word himself was able to respond to Satan, not with, Hey, I, I'm, I'm better than you, but saying it is written as it is written 
quoting scripture in the face of temptation. And so what I tell people when I disciple them or if I'm counseling them is that temptation in and of itself is not sin. It is an invitation and an opportunity to worship God by obeying what is true. Because ultimately, worship is rightly valuing God. And when we value God over our own impulses, as opposed to just going into our impulses, that brings great glory to him and great enjoyment and victory to us and and allows us to understand that while we were once slaves to sin and death, we're now bond slaves to life and righteousness. Dude, Casey, I think you just, I mean, that could be a book. It probably is multiple books. Um, Man, it's some really great thoughts. I mean, I, I think about the times I've been tempted and I felt guilty for literally just feeling tempted um and and so can you unpack just for a moment though like there are moments when i i may have the opportunity to sin um and so i I, as a as a dude you know and i work in youth ministry with a lot of young men so the obvious temptation that that we most often talk about is lust and and sexual related sins yeah um so on a regular basis i'll have some conversation with a 17 year old young guy who says to me uh you know something in that or that age range and he's saying, you know, I see this girl, I'm at the mall or wherever, and I and I, I have an opportunity to look lustfully upon this woman. And a lot of times they they you know they'll look away, but they don't even feel guilty for even having wanted to look. And yeah. I and, and I, so I've had that conversation where I've said similar to what you just said, like, dude, you wanted to look and you chose to look away. Like yeah. that that's a big deal. That yeah. that, sh- that should be celebrated. Um but why do why do we have the propensity? And I, I know I do in the conversations that I've had with some of the guys. Why do we have a propensity to even be upset with ourselves for even have had been tempted or even have had that inclination? I think it's because we are too focused on our ability to maintain our faith rather than believing that he who began a good work in you is faithful to see it to completion. That we believe we've got that Jesus is our training wheels that helps us along till we're good enough. When really Jesus, anything good that comes in us is from Him. And so when we when we have the freedom to look away, that's a miracle because in our flesh, yeah, we would look. And if we were given permission, we'd probably act further than that. And so that that's what I'm thinking is is this idea that that we are focusing too much on our ability to resist temptation when really the power to resist temptation is is the Lord in us and His Word given to us so that we can rightly do it. Because, you know, I think when we preach a gospel that is so man-centered and self-centered, then we miss the opportunity um, to really rely on God for the completion of that salvation in eternity. So when we focus on ourselves to get saved and stay saved, then of course we're going to be frustrated by temptation because we're not yet perfect. When we begin to rightly view the scriptures and understand that the gospel is God stepping in, making something that was dead alive by his choice, making us acceptable to him, that we then live in freedom and power and dependency to be yoked to Jesus um, by trusting him. And then when we don't look, it's not just like, yeah, I nailed it this time. It's praise God that he's working in me and helping me out. And when we mess up, right, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. All that talks about their confession is agreement. God, I agree that what I did was not against you. And one thing I help people understand as well, Kenny, is this, that you can repent before you act. Because repentance in the New Testament context is a change of mind. It's a change of thinking. And so a lot of people think that, well, if I'm tempted, I need to go ahead and act on it because I've already sinned. When I'm saying, no, 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 if you're tempted, you can change your thinking then. You can repent before you act in sin. 
And so that might be another episode for us to talk about, but it's this idea of repentance, I think, is too small and too man-centered. We wait until we mess up, and that repentance is like a hard reboot after we're locked up, as opposed to understanding that, no, it's a controlled alt-delete or a command-Q or whatever to, to get out of that and rightly give God glory then, too. So those are things I try to help people um, understand when they're thinking about temptation as an invitation to worship. Dude, what a great, great thought. When you're tempted— it's an opportunity to, to engage with the gospel, to remember the gospel, to know who God is, to remember that it's his work, it's his grace that even gives us any ability uh, to, to overcome sin, that we should celebrate when we overcome sin, not think that we nailed it, uh, but we celebrate that it is God's work alive in us. Man, that's a great, uh, it's a great reminder. And then a reminder that, that when I do blow it, I, I can say, God, like, man, I, I blew it and just, and just come in agreement with what he knows to be true already. Um, and he and he begins to you know continues to work in us. Man, what a great reminder, Casey. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, if if there's someone listening to this that uh, maybe says, "Man, I would love some resources to kind of understand more, um, mo- you know, more about this topic or or related topics. Anything you'd recommend out there?" Yeah, you know, I, I think I think anything that points you to Jesus and the gospel that it's a gospel centered resource would be helpful, whether it's, you know, something as profound and big, like desiring God, or if it's just going back into the passages of scripture that talk about grace and salvation and forgiveness, you know, understanding, you know, the gospel from Ephesians chapter two, one through 10 is one of my favorite passages of all the Mm -hmm. Bible that we were dead. God makes us alive for an intended purpose, um, uh, that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he set out beforehand that we would walk in them. Uh, my book, tragedy to truth, is, is a story of me being in a car crash at the age of 17 where a friend of mine was killed and it was my fault and how God saved me after that. And then through that transformation, he then taught me a bunch. And so the first half of the book is the tragedy, talking about my life leading up to it. And the second half of the book is the truth, talking about ways that the gospel has greatly impacted my life. And so if any listener out there is unable to find it or get it, there's a second edition that I recommend uh, on Amazon. But if you have a hard time, they can go to kccs.com and send an email in, and I'd be ha- happy to help them get a copy of that as well. So we will make sure that there is a link to that uh, on the website uh, in the show notes for this episode. Also, just want to plug Casey's podcast, Gospel Matters. Um, similar to theology for the rest of us, just kind of taking some basic co- you know, gospel thoughts and, and kind of just helping you understand. I listened to one a few days ago on marriage, and I'm not even married, but I thought it was really helpful and valuable. Um, Casey, anything about your podcast that people ought to know? Yeah, Gospel Matters was intended as created to disciple the people of our church. We live um, in a up-and-coming area in the Houston, Texas area called uh, the Woodlands area, and we're right outside in Magnolia. And we created the Gospel Matters podcast to be pockets of information, discipleship issues, topics uh, to help our people as they're going uh, to be prepared and discipled so that they can go make disciples. Very cool. So check that out, Gospel Matters. There will also be a link uh, on our website in the show notes uh, to the podcast site as well. So you guys can go ahead and check that out. Uh, Casey, one other thing, just real briefly, um, I know you're also the CEO of Lucid Books. Would love to just maybe get a 20-second pitch from you. What What is Lucid and why do you do what you do there? Lucid Books is the best publishing solution that you'll ever find in the world. And here's why. <laughs> Come on, brother. 
<laughs> yeah, Lucid Books was intended for the author. Uh, it was created with the author in mind, and, and we're constantly investing to make it a better experience in pain-free publishing for our authors as they're up and coming, whether they're a first-time author or a seasoned author who wants to cut through some of the red tape and be able to quickly, uh, with high quality, with experienced team, publish their book. You can go to lucidbooks.net. We'd love to hear from you, hear your pitch, and we're continuously making new resources available to help authors take the next step in their journey. Fantastic. Uh, and again, th th all the info about Lucid will be on the website. If you are an author, maybe someone, maybe you're a pastor and you got a story to tell, or maybe you're a person that's like, man, I feel like I got something inside of me that God wants me to share, but not sure how to do it. Uh, Casey and his team could, could, you know, at least have a great conversation with you about what it would take to make that a reality. So check out Lucid Books. Uh, Casey, thank you so much for taking the time out and investing in thank the audience, you, man. man. Uh, thank you for reminding us that temptation is, uh, is an invitation to worship God. Absolutely, brother. My joy. Thanks for having me. And there you have it, our interview with KCC, some incredible insights, some incredible encouragement. Uh, whenever you are faced with temptation and you are able to overcome that because of God's grace in your life, we should celebrate that. We should be excited. And more than that, remember that every time you are tempted, it is an opportunity to worship God. I hope that encourages you and empowers you and motivates you to go after loving Jesus all the more. Also want to encourage you, check out Casey's podcast. It's called Gospel Matters. Search that in your podcast catching app. Check it out. I've listened to several episodes. Extremely valuable. It is well worth your time. And if you are an aspiring author of any kind, give Casey a shout. Go to their website. It's lucidbooks.net. It's L-U-C-I-D books.net. Go over to the site and give them a shout. Have a conversation. If you're an aspiring author, Casey's got some incredible resources that could potentially help you out. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the podcast. Sure hope it's been a great encouragement and a resource to you. If you have a question about this episode or any episode, or if you have a topic that you'd like to have addressed on the podcast, please shoot me an email. Hey Ortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. If you'd like to connect with me personally, the best way to do that is on Twitter. You can find me at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Our intro and outro theme music has been I'm Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm a